Welcome to Hope Anchors. I'm Sean. And I'm Johnny. And together we want to share the hope that anchors the very core of who you are to all that Jesus is. Hebrews 6.19 says that we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Amen, brother. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Hope Anchors. Um, as you can tell, I am still on my road trip. And so Johnny is still calling in once again. And once again, my good friend Steve, say hello to Steve. Hello, Steve. Will be joining Woo-hoo. us. And uh, we are going to continue our series called To Live is Christ as we go through the book of Philippians. Uh, Johnny? <laughs> uh, what was neat about this one is that uh, just if you're brand new to listening to us, what we do in recording these podcasts is in partnership with what we do on a Sunday morning. So myself or somebody else may bring a message uh, but then we carry on that conversation. So there was a conversation we started on a Sunday morning in a message that we carry on that conversation uh, a, a week after that. And so we had one of our friends, uh, Dr. Baptiste from Haiti, uh, bring a message regarding what it means to advance the gospel and what it means to advance the message of Jesus. And so it was wonderful to hear from him. But, you know, a lot of what we're doing with this podcast is doing that as well. We really want it to not only advance to other people. And, you know, if you are impacted by this in any way, you can share it with others. But we also want it to advance in your life. We want it to grow. We want you to grow and develop in your own relationship with Jesus Christ. So, yeah, we're excited to be going through Paul's letter to the Philippians. It's only a four-chapter book. You could probably get through reading it in about 20 minutes, and yet we're taking three months to go through this uh, little letter of Paul. Yeah, yeah, it's been kind of fun. Uh, last week, um, or in our last episode, we kind of went through the first 11 verses. Uh, today, we're going to find ourselves just going through verses 12 through 19, um, and kind of just kind of tell, just kind of speak what's on your heart, and uh, hopefully uh, what you hear is something that you will still investigate and uh, look for yourself, and... Um, so, but yeah, like I said, we're very excited to have Steve uh, Soroki with us once again, uh, coming to you from Gold Canyon, Arizona. Not as excited as I am, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of fun to have a special guest coming on here onto our podcast. Um, we, we know that sometimes people get tired of listening to just Johnny and I, so it's kind of nice to have a, a, another person <laughs> come in and, uh, and join us. And, and sometimes some of our... Most downloaded episodes have been when we've had other guests on our shows. And uh, I love that. Johnny and I just, we always try to find people to come in because we know that God's message is going to get heard more when other people are on our show because people are getting tired of Johnny and I. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. God works in mysterious ways. And so he we'll does. See. It's amazing. Yeah. We're well, you say excited. that. And that's exactly what Paul is saying in this part of his letter because, you know, you would think that. What he's going through in his life and in these circumstances is hindering what he wants to do, but it's actually uh, continuing to spread to advance the message of Jesus because of the fact that he's in prison. Yeah. Um, people in prison, as well as the Roman guard, know that he is there because of his witness, because of his belief in Jesus, because he's spreading this teaching about Jesus. And, uh, you know, Paul's well, and he would, uh, you know, stand uh, before the judgment seat. He would say, yep, I'm guilty. I'm a Jesus follower, and yeah. I'm spreading his message. And uh, may that be true of 
each and every one of us that there is enough evidence to convict us uh, for being a, a follower of Jesus. Yeah, and I think that's why he just kind of even opens up in verse 12, uh, talking about, the, you know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. And it's so interesting that no matter what the circumstances are in Paul's life, how many times was Paul in prison? My goodness. I mean, it's just amazing. And it wasn't that he was doing anything wrong. He was fine. It, they, they would put him in prison because he would just speak of the good news of Jesus. That's why he's getting put in prison. And each and every time this happens to him, a life has changed. Yeah. I mean, and it's amazing. I mean, we've talked about, uh, you know, I love the fact that we're, we're from Indiana and Johnny's an adopted Indiana Hoosier. And he came <laughs> up with the whole Hoosier one idea. And it's like every time Paul's in prison, he reaches that one. One person. Oh, and it's just amazing. And, and it really, as we go through this letter, it, it's just, it's really kind of exciting because I remember the first time I studied this letter. And there were things that just became revealed to me more and more that mm -hmm. it's not about me. And Paul really talks about, you know what? I, I'm sitting in the, in the worst circumstances in the world. Everybody, if you found yourself where I was, you would be miserable. But yet, Paul finds joy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's not something that I would sign up for. But, and Paul doesn't encourage us. He, nowhere in this letter does he encourage us to go, hey, go look for suffering because it's going to find you anyway, but don't go looking for it. But when you when you are put in those situations, take joy because there is something that God is going to do through you that's going to bring him glory. And man, is that just uh, that's so amazing. And we're never given the promise that our set of circumstances is going to turn around. But I think one of the things that Paul highlights for us is that no matter where he is and no matter what is going on in his life and in his world, he is using that as an opportunity to share this incredible message about Jesus. And so I think we just need to stop making excuses for ourselves and our circumstances, or maybe we think, oh, when things are better, I'm going to do this, or when um, this is no longer happening to me, you know, then I'm going to do that. You know, I, I think we just need to stop making excuses and realize that God can and will often use us in in times of our biggest struggles. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, um, when I was reading this passage, I immediately thought of Joseph. Um, being stuck in prison for numbers of years. And you know that he was ministering to the people within the prison because he was yeah. elevated to basically the prison manager, even though he was a prisoner. And you, you sit there and you think about what Paul's saying, you think about the life of Joseph, and you go, these are two men who literally lived the life they were expected to live with inside the suffering moment, right? I mean, they they were doing what they were called to do, even though their circumstances were clearly, from the world's way, a very, very bad place. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. And I just love the fact that as Paul continues in this, um, one of the things that I really like was verse 14. Um, and because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence 
and boldly speak God's message without fear. And I just thought of, you know, and these people in Philippi, they understand exactly what Paul is talking about uh, being in prison and how he's changing lives because of the guard when he was in prison in Philippi. So they, they have seen this work, and now they're hearing about these prisoners that are there with him in Rome, how their lives are changing, mm-hmm. and how they're able to speak boldly. And it made me think of um, those that are in my own little circle. And, and think about your circle of, of people that, that you influence or that you're being influenced by. Do their lives encourage you? Do you encourage others to live boldly for Christ, to deliver the message of the good news? Is what you are doing, no matter what your circumstances are, does it allow people to gain more confidence in who they are as a Christ follower? And and it really makes me sit back and think about that. Is somebody gaining strength from me or do I gain strength from others because of the way that they live? And I love the fact that Paul is a self-reliant person. And, and I think in a way, Johnny, I kind of look more towards you on this and I'm very I'm more impressed even today with the way that you're going to be and the way you are conducting your life and what you've conducted in the past. You have not just relied on the church to take care of you. You have been more like Paul throughout your whole life. And even today, with the circumstances in your life, taking on a position outside of the church, but still being in the lead pastor, this in itself gives strength to others that, hey, I can still be a, a Christ follower, and it's not about me. It's not about taking from anybody else. I want to be able to provide and not just provide for myself, but provide others the way that Christ desires and to live and to love. So uh, you're part of my circle that I gain strength from Johnny. And I pray that I have a circle that's around me that gains strength and that sees that love of God and that who wants to be more boldly in sharing that. I think too many times also we, we tend to see people who are spreading the message of Jesus either on the radio or television mm. or um, some avenue through um, the internet. And we think that they're the ones who are, you know, um, spreading the gospel, spreading Jesus' message in a great way. But we you know, forget that here Paul's in prison and it's impacting one life at a time. And he's writing a letter to what's more than likely a, a small church. It could be a collection of house churches by the time that he writes this letter, but who knows how big it is. And I think too many times we feel like we have to have a certain amount of people in our small group or in our church or in my circle of influence. I have to have so many followers in social media for me to have an impact. No, you don't. Yeah. It can be about that one person and the, the, the message of Jesus can advance to that one person and it advances to another one person. You may not even realize that just by the influence of the way that you live your life and you know what you might share to someone on any given day and the impact that it's going to make on someone else's life. 
It could be that someone's life is changed for eternity, and they're going to come to you in heaven and go, I want to thank you so much for the way that you lived your life at work, because um, your life changed this person's life, who changed this person's life, who changed that person's life, and that person was got married to this person, and now that they're my parents, and I was raised in a household that believed in Jesus. So we don't realize the trickle effect that it can have by just simply impacting one life at a time, and that the advance of the message of Jesus can happen through one life impacting another life. Yeah, yeah, uh, Johnny, I want to echo that. Um, I know from my own personal experience, and and I'm going to uh, throw my wife under the bus here. Um, <laughs> she ha- she has been. Uh, a supervisor manager role for, I'm going to say 15, 20, 25 years. I don't even know anymore. But when she interacts with the people that work with her and work for her, it is very clear about her faith, even though she doesn't profess it. And she's just living the life of someone who is a believer and follower of Jesus. And it impacts the people around her in in so much that, you know, a year later, two years later, five or seven years later, people still come back to her and say, you were my favorite boss, not because you were good to us, but because you treated us like people. And we know that why that is, is because you were a Christian. I mean, and, and that is, that's not her doing anything special. That's just living the life that she's being called to lead as as somebody that follows Jesus. And uh, I know that her impact probably is massive, even though she doesn't think it is, because she's only reached, you know, 15 or 25 people. But those people all have families. Those people went on in their careers further and uh, reached other people around them, even within her own organization. That's awesome. It is. You know, as we get the, get to the point where these last, I don't know, I don't these last four verses that we're going to talk about here, it's kind of interesting. Um, you, you kind of mentioned, Johnny, about how you get some people, TV evangelists and everything else, talking about I, how I do this and how I do that. And, and it's really kind of interesting when we look at uh, why do people share the love of Christ? Is it just for themselves so they can get the accolades? Or, I mean, are they doing it for... The glory of God. And there's a fine line, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, of of the motivation behind things. And and I think it's kind of really interesting. And But it's kind of, I, I love the way Paul writes in this because he he recognizes that people are doing these things. Um, you know, it, it's, as he says in verse 15, it's true that people are preaching out of jealousy and, and uh, rivalry. I don't know why I'm having problems with that word. But others preach about Christ with pure motives. Um, And and they preach because they love me. And we'll get back to that here. But it's just kind of interesting how it's true that some are preaching out of jealousy. And it's like, wow, what, what is the motive? And how do you feel when you see things like that? When you see the TV evangelist and they're making all this money. You know, Paul is just sitting there in prison. He doesn't get any of this stuff. But yet he's like, I know that there's people out there doing these things. And he'll get into this. But what? what is it? What is it? How does it make you feel when you see these other people preaching at major, mega churches? How does it make you feel when somebody else 
takes over your, your Bible study and they do a really good job. How does that make <laughs> you feel? Um, you know, and it's kind of interesting because these are just very human emotions um, or getting credit for something that you did, but yet they're getting the credit for it. And it's like, how does that make you feel? Uh, I just kind of, it really kind of made me think about, man, I know how that makes me feel. And it's not, uh, I don't feel the greatest about it. And, but yet in, in verse 16, and this is where I kept, I'm getting ready to go to, because he acknowledges the fact that, um, you know, that they preach because they love me. And he's not being conceited about this. He's not <laughs> saying that they love Paul. They see the love of God through him. And that's why they're doing it. And I thought that was kind of interesting when, when I, you read that and you go, wow, that's kind of, you know, they preach because of you, Paul. Really? You're going to write that down? Eh, you know, don't take that for what you really see there. Really get into who Paul is and why people love Paul. So, well, I think what they're seeing is that uh, because of Paul's boldness and, and he doesn't even care, you know, what where that leads, whether that's to prison or death, that that's giving them the strength to be just as bold. Yeah. And, and to not be afraid of what might happen if they too are arrested or persecuted. I think that's one of the, you know, I, I forget the exact phrase, but someone uh, coined the phrase about the persecution that's, you know, helped spread the message of Jesus, that um, it was the blood of the martyrs that became the seed of the church, mm -hmm. um, that, you know, people in seeing the lengths that others would go to because of their relationship with Christ made them realize that they want to they're like, oh my gosh, they value this so highly. And so, you know, maybe there's something to this that I need to value it in my own life. And I, I think that's that's probably what we're seeing in, in other parts of the world where there, you know, you can be arrested, you can be persecuted, you can be killed for your faith, and yet these people are bold. And that is spreading like crazy in other parts of the world where there's more persecution than in parts of the world where there's more freedom. Yeah, but I just find it interesting that when Paul's sitting here pointing out these people that are not doing it necessarily to spread the good news for the good news. They're not doing this for to bring God honor, to bring God the glory. They're just doing it pretty much for themselves. Is the way it's, you know, he kind of point he just kind of lays that out in the in the second half of verse, what is it, verse 17, I think is the way he kind of lays it out to where uh, they preach with selfish ambition, not necessarily intending to make my chains more painful uh, uh, to me. And, and it's kind of interesting how Paul, he sees this. He understands exactly what their motives are and how it's so uh, self-motivation and self-preservation uh, self and how they are just, they, look at me at what I'm doing. Look at me at what I'm doing. And I find it just, it really made me take a look at myself and go, why does this bother me? Why does A bother me? Why does B bother me um, when I see other people do these things? And and it wasn't until, well, it's kind of funny because then I go right to verse 18. Yeah, the question. And Paul's like, I don't what care. What does it matter? I don't care. <laughs> as long as they're doing it, as long as they're spreading the good news. I don't care what their motives are. Just spread the good news. And I was like, oh, okay. 
I can do that. <laughs> well, that's funny because I immediately went back to uh, verse nine, where he says, um, "You get more and more knowledge, and in all judgment." And immediately, when you were saying those things, I was thinking, it's because you have been given an understanding of how to see through what I don't want to say we have understanding of motives, but you can see as become more aware, you can see through the lies that people portray. But what Paul is saying is that, yeah, but the message is still getting out there. So how bad is it really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as we come to uh, the end of this little section here, uh, we're going to finish this with verse 19. And I think verse 19 really is a great verse for for I know that it is that as you pray for me and the spirit of Jesus Christ helps me this will lead me to my deliverance and mm-hmm. as I read that and I read it several times because it was like man I, I know the spirit of Christ helps me uh, the more I have gotten into the word and understanding the whole um, triune God and the spirit and what that really means I understand how that really helps me I really, it, it kind of set me back when I when I started to think of those that pray for me. And I do know that there's people that do pray for me because I just believe they do. But here he, it's like he knows. He knows that they are praying for him. And it's like, man, I, I got to ask myself, do, do, do I know somebody that is praying for me on a daily basis? And it's like, I know people pray for me. But it's like, do I pray for somebody on a daily basis? Is there somebody or a group of people that I, on a daily basis, I have their names listed and I pray for them, that they have a great day, even if it's just that? Is there a group of people that I pray for? And man, I know I need to work on my prayer life because it's not there. I don't have that type of life. And this is where... This is why Johnny's mom is so important to us because she has that list and she's praying for people on a daily basis. And it's like, man, I, I, and it's not that I feel bad. I don't feel convicted of it, but it's just something in my life that I know I, I could do better at. Mm-hmm. John Maxwell has got a, um, there's an old book called partners in prayer that I remembered reading years and years ago, but it talked about um, recruiting intercessors for your ministry and so as i usually like to do i love giving a little bit of homework but um i'm guessing that if you're listening to us well i'm doing more than guessing i'm kind of hoping that you are actually involved in a uh, local church somewhere no matter where what country what state city you might be listening to us from that you are involved in a local church somewhere and my encouragement to you is that um if you find yourself to be in a position like Sean and I are in, where he's in air traffic control and I'm managing an operations team at a fitness uh, facility, uh, that you could be someone's partner in prayer and that maybe you recruit others to pray for them as well. Mm -hmm. Because in this day and age, we're seeing certain professions get hit really hard. We're we're seeing people in the medical industry leaving because of what's been happening lately. We've seen people in the teaching um, 
field who have been leaving at um, a crazy rate. We're also people, we're seeing people leave ministry at rates unheard of before, and and even people not entering into ministry. There are people who are not going in and preparing in theological schools. They're, you know, it's just lower numbers than we've ever seen. My encouragement to you as a part of your homework would be that you would pray for those spiritual leaders in your life. And that you would be the same kind of person to them as what Paul needed in his own life. Hmm. Boy, you expect me to add to what you guys just said? Oh my goodness, are you kidding? (laughs) (laughs) What more am I going to say to that? Other than they got the challenge. Sean's able to look look across the table at Steve and see if he's got anything more to say. He can't look at me right now. All I'm I'm thinking is Sean got to drop his challenge. You got to give your homework. Hey, everybody. Hey, thanks for listening to Hope Anchors. Paul wrote in Romans 15.4, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. You know, as Steve has been with us as well, there are three of us here today that that's really our purpose and our desire. It's really to give you something to anchor your hope to. So don't give up. Keep looking up and keep hope alive. Amen.